0: The following audio is from Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to love God, love others, and make disciples. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org.
1: All right, well, welcome, everybody. If you're joining us, either watching on Facebook or on our podcast channel, this is yet another episode of our weekly podcast. Um, if you haven't heard the sermon that's on the podcast channel, you can go hear that, and then we kind of will break this down a little bit. And uh, I really enjoyed this this series, the MOVE 2021. Yeah. And again, you and I have kind of been discussing that for a whole year, and so it yeah. was good to finally get it out. And, uh, you know, uh, I like I like how there's no mistaking who Fellowship is going to be now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Through this series.
0: Yeah, that was the whole point of the series. You know, uh, anytime a pastor comes in, he obviously he's going to lay down what his vision is and what he feels like God's called him to lead, you know, lead the people towards. And, um, that's what this series has been for us is it's been, you know, this is in scripture, what the church looks like. And I feel like, uh, God's calling us as well as everybody back to that. And, you know, we've kind of talked too about kind of seeing that, uh, in other churches as well, where, where, you know, pastors are getting this burden to kind of bring it back to the simplicity of what we're yeah. called to be and who we're called, you know, what we're called to do. And, um, you know, God has burdened my heart for that. And, uh, I feel like he's, um, you know, leading me to lead us in that direction.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and I think it's perfect that, um, you, you, there was this phrase that really stuck with my wife, Melissa, that you said, uh, pretty much you said Christianity is not a spectator sport. Right, You can't sit so in There's the dugout. no dugout for Christians. There's yeah. no dugout for yeah. Christians. After it. I
0: belittled myself. Yeah, <laughs> we all,
1: we all, all you know. Yeah, I'm you the, all enjoy that part. Yeah. <laughs> the story about how you can't play baseball. Um, <laughs> But, but no, seriously though, like you, there's no dugout. Yeah. There's you're on no the dugout. field. You're in yeah. really the playing field. There's no
0: option to sit out. If you're sitting yeah. out, then you're not, you're not the real deal. Yeah, The right? real deal, the real deal gets in, involved in the game.
1: Yeah, and I think my favorite line in the sermon was, you said, this is a line in the sand sermon. Yeah,
0: series, right? Yeah, are and, you with this uh,
1: or or not? This right. is who we are. If you're coming along with this, come on. You really uh, didn't say that, and I was waiting for it. But everybody, I guess, understood. Melissa said, well, "I understood what he meant," and I was yeah. like, "I was waiting for that." Like, if you want to be a part of this, get on this side of the line. If not, well, then I'm sorry. Is that, that I mean, that's what you meant, right? That's
0: ultimately what I meant. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that was the challenge. There was, you know, if you're if you're with this. Well, you know what we've been talking about through this whole thing. Then, then join us. Yeah. Let's let's get going together, like we've been talking about, and let's start moving in the right direction. Uh, in, in how we uh, live our lives personally, but also how
1: we live our lives as a congregation sure. here at Fellowship. And I and I think you know I've had conversations with people who have either listened to this sermon or series, or you know been around for the last year, because you know ever since the We Are Fellowship series. Yeah, I think it's kind of been the case, right? This is yeah. this has been the motivation. This has been the focus, and I was just hearing of a conversation somebody had with one of our elderly people how they were like, "I want to get involved in that." Like, can I go to the laundromat? And They're mm-hmm. like, "Absolutely, you can go to the laundromat." Yeah, you know? that's awesome. And, and so, seeing fruit from that, I think is awesome because it, I think too many pastors, churches, you know, that kind of deal have this. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mm. right? Oh, you know, the older people, they're not going to get it and they're okay. They can come and just contribute or whatever, but no, they can get it. You know, yeah. if, if we're not moving as a body and all moving parts, then we're not moving at all.
0: Right. Right. I mean, Paul says that, that uh, you know, you're only as good as your weakest link kind of thing is what he's, you know, what yeah. he says. And so, uh, we need everybody on board. That's why I yeah. said, this is a line in the sand kind of deal. Like everybody needs to be on board with this. Everybody needs to be contributing, uh, you know, with the gifts and the abilities that they have to be moving in this direction of making disciples and, and reaching people uh you know here in Nederland and abroad
1: yeah all right so last week uh, you talked about uh the go part like where uh, i'm sorry the why you know why yeah. should we go why is it important for us to go and we kind of we kind of we discussed that in depth and then uh, this week last sunday you talked about the where mm-hmm. where are we supposed to go and um i want to unpack a little bit um not that you didn't do justice of it in the sermon but you know, our view of missions has for a long time been foreign, mm-hmm. foreign missions. And whenever Jesus in Acts eight says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the other ends of the earth, um, it it has to go that way to be effective, right? If our minds are only on foreign missions, then the where is is misplaced. Yeah. Is
0: that right? Well... I think it, I think it goes back to the why. I think if like I think was, I, mean, you know, I said this Sunday, if if you get the why, then you're going to be living it out. It's a lifestyle, and you can't just have that lifestyle abroad, yeah. right? You, you, it has to start in your heart where you're at. Uh, I know guys who were in Bible college and never served in any kind of church while they're going through Bible college and that's just irrational to me like <laughs> yeah. you you're you're if you're truly passionate about ministry and passionate about the church you're going to be involved even while you're in college it's not mm. you can't just jump into the game without actually like it being part of who you are yeah. you know it's got to start in your heart and it's part of who you are and part of your lifestyle and if that's true then it's going to be you're going to start where you're at yeah. and that's what i said sunday and then obviously You know, it ultimately leads global, but it's got to start in your heart and where you're at first and be part of who you are so that wherever you're at, if you're here in Nederland, you're sharing the gospel. And if God calls you and leads you to some other place, you're going to be sharing the gospel there because it's part of who you are as a person.
1: Yeah. And so to know the where. It it has to be here first. And um, I really liked the analogy you used about, you know, the other day y'all were just kind of driving around looking for somewhere to eat. Mm -hmm. When we lived in Virginia, there was nothing good to eat. Mm. Uh, You know, to a Texas boy, there was nothing good to eat. No flavor. No flavor. And we would do that. I mean, we would drive around for a long time, finally just get frustrated, like, let's just go eat a sandwich or whatever. (laughs) we have been driving around an hour and a half. But I really liked the analogy you used. You said that, Christians can know the why and still aimlessly never get to the where yeah and so the first question I have is would you consider this to be a result of poor leadership or of poor responsibility or both how does that work
0: I would say it's both Uh, I think that everybody who professes Christ has a personal responsibility to go and to know where to go and God's given us his word you know this isn't some kind of mysterious thing that we don't have answers to and we need some wise preacher to get up and tell Mm. us the truth i mean Mm. god's word is there and it's available on every you go to walmart and buy a copy of god's word you got your for free on your phone right i mean we live in a world in a day and age where there is no excuse for knowledge i mean it's there at Mm. every fingertip so i think that there there's absolutely an element of you have a personal responsibility to read scripture and know the where um but i also think that there's absolutely uh can be a failure of leadership and not challenging the people to be goers hmm. and uh and you know for a lot of people if they're not hearing that and even if they do study the scripture i mean there's a whole re- there's a reason why god set up you know pastors and leaders and churches to help people and equip people that's our job right our job yeah as pastors is to equip people and to uh help people find uh you know help people lead people towards making disciples and showing them how to do that and and so i think there's absolutely a both aspect there one is you can't use that as an excuse you can't say well you know i I haven't had a good leader help me yeah but at the same time we need leaders that are standing up and, and you know, leading people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. coming to church and, and all that, there's there's no leadership in that. Leadership is in uh, pushing people to live out the abundant life that God has called us to live. And that's I feel like that's our job as pastors is to shepherd people towards growth, towards mm-hmm. uh, living this abundant life that Jesus offers. And so, um, you know, to answer the question, I think it's absolutely both.
1: Yeah, and it gets kind of complex, right? Because, you know, I've heard pastors, you know, kind of really... I hate to say this kind of understanding of it but like puff themselves up I see it that way of like you know I'm the man of God and what the man of God's job to is mm. to teach you the word of God and to you know and then you get real wrapped up in the intricacies of teaching somebody the word of God when you know uh you are not you're not pl- uh you you're not giving them th- what they need to then effectively do what God has told them to do yeah right like like they, they have all the information but never act on it you know if, right if i'm a if i'm a great if i know everything there is to know about how, the mechanics of how a car works and how to fix it and everything but i never put my hands on a car and i never actually am a mechanic what good is all that knowledge going to do me
0: yeah and and so right so preaching the sermon sunday would have been all fine and dandy but i think what really brings put some meat to it is the fact that we offer real opportunities to actually live that out and for us to help people Mm. through that like yeah the laundromat if we didn't offer that then where's the where's the real shepherding in that I'm telling you something but if I'm not doing it and walking with you and showing you then you know that's in my opinion that's part of shepherding
1: yeah and and then in my opinion to the personal responsibility it's like a inevitable thing that if you are changed by Jesus Christ whether you read Acts one eight or not, or whether you read the Great Commission or not, right? Let's say I don't know anything about the Great Commission or Acts one eight, but Jesus has changed my life. Mm-hmm. It is it is, you're compelled, like you said the other yeah. week, you're compelled to tell somebody else about this information. Like right. there's just no
0: way around that, right? Just like if the, you know if you found out the best restaurant in town, what do you do immediately? You're like, man, y'all got to go try this place yeah. out. This place is good. You, when you have good news, you share good news, mm-hmm. right? And so even if you don't understand all the ins and outs of how that works, you know, as far as, um, going to foreign missions and all that stuff, you, you still understand, like, I've got this information. I need to get this information out because it's good news. You share good news.
1: I like that. Um, so on that point, you said that, um, mission starts at home. So we look at Acts one eight and we see, um, that they were commissioned to Jerusalem, but also everywhere else. And then, um, and and so this is something that's pretty obvious in scripture what's your take on why this isn't executed as effectively as we would like to see is it more lack of knowledge or lack of
0: obedience i would say that it's probably more lack of obedience because um you know last week we looked Lifeway gave us this survey of 80 percent of the church church attenders know that they're supposed to be out sharing their faith mm. And I I, I really believe that that's the majority of it is that it's an obedience thing, that people are afraid um, for whatever reason. And they just they just struggle with that, you know, taking that step of obedience. Mm. Um, And and I think a lot of times with all things, we think that it's all or nothing. Like you got to jump all the way in and start like (laughs) like I said, going door to door and, and, and yeah going all in and if you're not doing that then you're not doing right and then you're discouraged and so you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And we do the same thing like with the gym, right? Like if I'm not going to the gym and <laughs> and you know, working out for an hour and running for an hour or whatever five then times I, a week. Yeah, I might as well just not go because I'm not doing <laughs> it. A little bit doesn't matter. Yeah. Um and so, you know, I think we have that mentality for whatever reason, but like I said Sunday, I think that we need to take steps towards obedience. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you're not immediately comfortable with sharing your faith today you know take a step towards getting there because fear is not an excuse you can't I mean we can do stand before God and say man I'm I'm really sorry I was Mm -hmm. just really scared like that's not an that's not an option right right we need we need to we're going to have account we're going to give an account for what we did with this life Mm. all of us yeah and when we stand before God one day is that how we want to respond, man? I was, I was just really terrified to. Right. I was an introvert, and I was just scared to get up and talking for you know talk to people. Um, I get that, and like I said, Sunday. I, I I get that reservation, but at the same time, you got to overcome that, and you just got to take steps towards obedience. And you're not always going to succeed. You know, yeah. we're sinners; we're going to fail sometimes. And I think last week in the podcast, you talked about like not wanting to talk to the people in <laughs> Roadhouse. I mean, you you did it, but there was this this draw. Yeah. away from it and there's probably been times where you didn't do it you know and, right. there, and for me that's true where i felt like god was telling me to and i was tired or whatever and i just didn't do it and so there's times where we fail but we don't just say well i'll give up i'm not going to do it because i failed right. you take steps towards obedience it, you know try try to figure out a way to get overcome the fears and we talked about that and unpacked that in the sermon about you know going to the laundromat and find them um you know, op- opportunities like that where there's accountability and some different things like that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, I just did a um, discipleship leadership training mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week or something like that. And, you know, where we kind of unpack, how does it look for us to train someone to be a witness? And, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, I was telling the group, like, look, you know, I get like, it seems like we're like, You know, every time you're at CVS, talk to that teller and, you know, tell them about Jesus or, you know, your waitress at the restaurant or whatever. And uh, or or that, you know, every single person you encounter, which would be great. Don't get me wrong. But that's not technically how it works. You know, like we will build relationships with people to then provide the opportunity for us to have that open conversation right or open dialogue about the gospel right and that could look like you know I befriend somebody and uh you know I'm hanging out with him for a while and then finally have that conversation or I can look at and that is actively working in being a witness right, right? we I agree with you I think the way some people see it and they fear it is that you know we're they may be interpreted as i'm i need to go to the mall and talk to as many people as i can about jesus on as many opportunities as i have after work and on my days off and stuff like that and you know like i said if that's what god is calling you to do sure go for it but that's not at all what we're trying to say here yeah right it's it's more practical than that it's more of an understanding of there can't there. Sh- there are days where I could just veg out, but why don't I hang out with this friend or go meet my neighbor or whatever the case is, right?
0: Yeah, I heard a guy one time said never waste a lunch, hmm. and uh, the 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 meaning behind that I think is great. You know, like uh, you you like you said you want to come home when you're off and you want to you want to turn on Netflix and just kind of relax and rest because yeah. you're exhausted from your day off. But what if you were intentional about every Saturday evening or every Friday evening or whatever, you had somebody over for dinner. Yeah. You know, invite your neighbor over, invite somebody that you met from baseball or whatever over and, mm-hmm. and use those as opportunities to start building a relationship with another couple. And then, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, over time, you'll have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. Um, but it, it's not hard to make friends. You yeah. know, Right. Yeah. You, yeah. you can, you can invite someone over and, and, and just build that relationship with them. And then the door is going to open at some point to share the gospel with them. It's it's all about intentionality. Right. You know, not, not just expecting something to open up and happen, but really being intentional about sharing the gospel.
1: Yeah. And so you would argue it's not lack of knowledge at all. Like uh, majority of Christians understand this to be true. It's more lack of obedience.
0: I think especially in where we're at in our church, I think the issue is definitely more obedience than Mm. it is a lack of knowledge. I mean, are there some that may have a lack of knowledge? Sure. But I think 99% of people are probably more of an obedience issue. They're just afraid for whatever reason, or they're just unwilling to get. I think for a lot of people too, they're just, they're like, they're in their mind, there's like levels of Christianity. And they're like, man, that's like, that's Mm. like the hardcore Christian. And I'm more of like a, like I Oof. just kind of, I want the church, I'll go to church on Sundays when I'm, when I'm free and there's, I'm at the lake and <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give God this little bit of yeah. my life, but I, am not, I'm not willing to get up into it that much. That's yeah. kind of hardcore. And, uh, and I think for that person, they probably don't really know Jesus. You know, if you're not, mm. if you're not willing to follow in obedience, that's what John would say. You know, that the fruit of salvation really is obedience. When I read the book of first John, that's, that's what we found. Yes. Yeah. And so if you're this nominal Christian, that's not, that's not Christianity. There is no nominal Christianity. It's either all in or not in at all.
1: That's interesting because, um, some people would say uh, that, you know, the, the idea of being morally upright or following God's commands or not, you know, living a certain lifestyle would be obedience. Like, what do you think about that? Um, you know, I was just doing a study on Islam because we're having that discussion in our equip class and for most Muslims it is that's obedience to, you know, their faith is the, it, or not obedience, but their religious convictions mm-hmm. is what drives them. Yeah, Not the relationship, the yeah. religious convictions. And so do you see that in Christians? Like I'm a good, you know, 10 commandment following American and I, you know, I <laughs> yeah. you know th- this makes me a Christian and that's okay. You know, I don't, that's obedience to them. Do you think there's a disconnect there? like? Obedience the way we're looking at it is you go and share your faith. Obedience the way maybe some people are looking at it is like, I'm obedient. I, I do what God wants me to do as far as living the right life.
0: Yeah, well, you're not because <laughs> because <laughs> Jesus said go make disciples, mm. right? And so if you're not doing that, then you're not living in obedience. Uh, is is living a morally upright life part of it? Absolutely. I mean, that's if you're surrendered out to Jesus, then your life will look different than the world's. we I mean, that's all over Scripture too. But also if you're surrendered out to Jesus, you know, if you surrender to him fully, then you're gonna do what he says. And what did he say? Go make disciples, yeah. baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and yeah. teaching them to observe all things. I mean, you're gonna do what he said to do mm-hmm. with your life. And I think that some people in, in our in our group Sunday, we were uh, we were looking at uh, you know Jesus looks that 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 point in we're, we're studying through Luke, and it's that point where Jesus. Right after he feeds the five thousand, where he looks to his disciples and like, who 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 is everybody saying that I am? And they're like, mm-hmm. well, some people think that you're John the Baptist raised from the dead. Some people think that you're you know these different prophets. And he's like, well, who do you say I'm? And, and Peter says, well, you're 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 the Christ. You're the Son of God. And he's like, well, the Holy Spirit revealed that to you. Yeah. Um, and he's like, don't tell anybody. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that uh, I think that that's the reason he he poses that question to them is he's trying to help them see that there's a difference between nominal christianity and just being a fan of who jesus is mm. and actually giving your life to jesus mm. and salvation is giving your life to jesus you right. can't just think that jesus is this good guy and that man he had some good values and if, if america would just live by those values we'd be a better country and all these things would be good yeah. you know all that's true but without truly giving your life to christ none of that matters right you could live the perfect look at the look at the rich young ruler yeah. like this that's what we're talking about that's that's the nominal christian right he's saying I've kept all these commandments. I've been a good person. I've, I've, I've taken the moral aspects of, of faith, and I'm, I'm living that out. And what's that dude going to hear when he, you know, what did he hear when he got to before God? He, you know, depart from me, worker of iniquity, for I mm-hmm. never knew you, right? Like, it doesn't matter if you have all the morality. If you don't truly sell your life out to Christ and give him all, that's what faith is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's giving Christ everything. If you don't give him everything, then you might as well have given him nothing, because that salvation is found in surrender. It's found. It's found in making Christ Lord. If you don't do that, yeah. then you don't have a relationship with Christ. And if but if you do that, then you're going to follow in obedience. You give him every aspect of your life, your morality, your marriage, yeah. you know, and your mission. Right? You're going to live your life for him and not for yourself, because you can totally live in a moral, morally good life and still be living for yourself. Sure. Um, and and so if you're not living for christ and his mission then you're not you you haven't really truly surrendered in faith to christ
1: would you go so far as to say the reason we live morally and upright is so that we can be effective for the mission i would say that that's part of
0: it but i I think that we do it because jesus said to do it ultimately right then the reason we go the reason that we go is because jesus said to do it the reason that we live morally upright lives is because jesus said to do it Mm. All of it is about.
1: I mean, there's a purpose obedience. to it, though, right? Like, like there's, there's got to be a change in you before somebody can see that they need to be changed too, right? Yeah. If you weren't a morally upright person and now you are, yeah. And then there's just like, well, what happened? Why are you? That makes sense, right? Yeah. In that, in that sense, there's. I would say purpose too, if you were, morals.
0: if you were going without living morally up good, then you probably probably missing it too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be it's it's, it's got to be both. You know, if It's all obedience. You can be obedient in the, on the mission. I've known people that are, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Ravi Zacharias, dude's going out and, oh, perf, you know, and, and, and by all normal standards of what we would have thought, we would have thought that's the epitome of That's like the Apostle Paul right there. Yeah. And then we find out that he's living this morally bankrupt life behind the scenes. And, that's you know, a good point. Yeah, you, you can be all about the mission outwardly sure and still be living into disobedience and every, and not truly give your life to christ and so i think it's it's got to go back to you know your heart giving your heart to christ and then the outflow of that is going to be obedience in your morals your obedience in your marriage mm-hmm. obedience in your mission um and your. i mean the product of that is that you will go and it'll be all encompassing it'll yeah. be all
1: encompassing and they'll all work together for exactly. the same purpose exactly. yeah, yeah so um so that's 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 it starts at home, right? We're our best friends, our coworkers or people we meet or whatever. Um, But then you said eventually going turns global. Mm -hmm. Why is it so important to give to missions? That's question one, right? I'm talking monetarily here. Why is it so important to give money to missions? And then number two, why do you think there's been a lack of focus on global missions? Um, On both those fronts, we've seen statistically there's not as many American Christians going out to be missionaries and then statistically on giving even in our own church some years we're really down on mission giving and why is that the case um
0: I think that uh sometimes all right so what was the first question again you know
1: why is it so important to give why to is missions? it so important
0: to give to missions okay so I think it's uh, very important to give to missions because Missions cost money, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, and and it's important to send people. We talked about that Sunday uh, that uh, we have this role of of sending people, men and women, uh, abroad to to do foreign missions, and uh, and we need to support that financially. We see that in the in the Book of Acts, right? We see where uh, people are supporting Paul and Barnabas as they go on their missionary journeys. We uh-huh. see, um, you know, where where there is this level of sending money to help, and and so uh, that's a biblical concept that we, that we help people go. And, and it costs lots and lots of money to do missions. It costs a lot of money to send someone to yeah. some remote location. You know, it, can, it costs tons of tons of money. And so, um, we need to, to support that mm-hmm. uh, financially the same way we would support local church planning, right? You want to plant churches in areas that don't have churches, you're going to support that financially. And so, yeah. uh, I think that, that that's why it's important because it costs money to send people all over the world and Mm -hmm. we're called to be part of that. And that's how we can be part of it uh, is to, is to send people. Um, Why are people not doing it? Uh, I don't know. I think that for some financially, for some people, why they're not giving to missions, maybe because um, the clarity of how that's done is not, you know, maybe it wasn't super clear on, on how that works. Mm. Uh, there are some denominations, like you go to a Southern Baptist church, a lot of times uh, you give your tithe, the church takes a percentage of that tithe as a whole, and they send that to a cooperative program through the SBC, and then they support missionaries through the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board, that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, you could just give your tithe, and the percentage of that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not really how that works here. Right. Um, Explain to us how it works here specifically so that the yeah. listeners
1: and people watching will understand that.
0: So we take a little bit different of approach uh, than, than, than that. Uh, we, we have specific missionaries that we support and we do support the IMB and the NAMB. Uh, we send them, we t- kind of taking them on as a missionary, like we support our other missionaries. Uh, but we, pr- we pick specific missionaries that we support and we send them uh, money on a monthly basis. Uh, and that is separate from our our general fund. We have a general fund. When you give your tithes and offerings to us, it comes into a general fund and we budget that out and spend it. uh, And we vote on that early in the year to figure out how we're going to spend that. Uh, But as far as missions goes, uh, that is an offering that is above your tithe. Uh, And so you have to designate that. So if you want to give to missions, you can't just drop $5 in the plate and think, well, that's going to go to missions. You have to specify on the envelope and say, I want this to go to missions. Mm. Uh, And so that's above your tithe. And you uh, and you just designate it, and then we send it send it out. And so you're right. We've we've last year we had projected a certain amount for missions, and we didn't meet it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that was because of COVID and just different reasons. And even at this point this year, we are uh, we're doing pretty pretty well in our general fund giving, but our missions giving is behind by a thousand bucks at this mm. point. Uh, and so. Uh, you know, I think, like I said, some of it is a knowledge thing of just how how do different churches do that. You know, if I want to give to missions, what does that look like? Well, for our church, you designate that. Even if you're giving online, you can designate uh, a specific amount to missions, and you just there's a spot where you you know, click down and there's a missions option. You give that much to missions, right. um, and then there's an envelope that you can drop in the box as well. And so I would encourage people to do that. You know, if if it's a knowledge thing, we're we're clarifying that, right? That was yeah. part of this this. Uh, series was to help communicate what missions looks like for us. The, the Part of the where sermon yesterday, uh, Sunday was was to point that out, that this is what uh, giving to missions looks like. Um, but I also think that, you know, you said there's a decline in people even going. I think some of that is like a, a, a cost issue, hmm. you know, like it costs a lot personally. Personally, not monetarily. No, yeah, yeah to, to drop everything and move your family to some foreign country abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, some more than others, right? <laughs> you, you go, <laughs> yeah. you go to Scotland. Uh, it, it, you know, your lifestyle may not change a whole whole lot, <laughs> but if you go to Sudan and live in the bush of Africa, sure. where you're living with solar panels and you know you got a well for clean water, that's mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah, you know? you you're not getting Wi-Fi at the coffee <laughs> shop there. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's it's a big a big cost to pay, and I think that it's a, I think it's a matter of of again, total surrender. If if Jesus calls you to missions, are you, are you going to go to that? I think we've seen a decline even in people surrendering to ministry. You know, oh, like yeah. Whenever I was a student, it seemed like there was a just a handful of of guys who kind of all surrendered at the same time. And there's several guys that I know that I were in my youth group that are in ministry now. But now you just don't see that as much. You don't right. see uh, people surrendering to ministry. You don't see. You know, people answering the call to be a pastor or student pastor or music guy or whatever. Um, and then you really don't see people surrender to that call to missionary missions. And I think some of that, too, is like I said, Sunday, we always think that that's that's somebody else's call. Yeah, somebody, somebody else is going to do that. God's going to call somebody else to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we need to maybe really evaluate. Is it that someone else is going to be called to that or is it that we're unwilling to give that? Mm-hmm. You know, if if God called you. Is that something you're willing to give up? Right. Are you willing to say, "Yeah, I'll I'll go. If if God wants me to go, I'll go." Hmm. Um, because I think that's there's there's a hard issue. Like, at what level are you really? Where, at what level are you really sold out to this? Yeah. You know, how, at what level do you really believe this? What are you willing to pay? At, you know, that that kind of thing. Um, so I think that's that's part of it as well.
1: You know, when you look at, in my in my view of things when you look at giving your all to Christ, giving your all your whole life, um, you know, Jesus doesn't ask for you to give up convenience or to, I mean, to give up, you know, something that's very convenient for you. That's not a sacrifice. Mm. We had this discussion one time. I was a part of this little discipleship group, and we were talking about, like, sacrifice and stuff like that. And uh, somebody in the group was like, you know, serving at church or whatever and i was like that's not the sacrifice Mm-mm. and they, he's like what do you mean and i was like that's your day off <laughs> yeah that's your day off and you come to church and it's it's really no big deal yeah and if you think it is a big deal and you're listening i'm sorry it's not a big deal no it no. is a big deal that you serve that's not the point i'm trying to make here yeah we're thankful we, that we're that you very serve. thankful yeah. that you serve <laughs> don't stop serving oh julian said it's no big deal uh it, it's a very big deal for us that you serve But as far as sacrifice as far as you know what it costs you what it costs you yeah two hours out of one sunday morning your day off is not that big a deal right you know and 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 so when i look at it you know to have the mentality of giving your all to what jesus wants is to have the mentality of here i am lord send me Mm. and whether that's to the coffee shop to talk to somebody about jesus whether that's to the bush in sudan wherever it is, then we should have that focus that, you know, even if it's hard to do, we will submit ourselves to what God wants us to do. You right, know? right. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, living for Jesus, there's a cost,
0: right? That's what he meant when he said, take up your cross. Yeah. Right? He said, deny yourself, deny what you, what you want, your ambitions and all that good mm-hmm. stuff, but then take up your cross. And what he meant by that is, be willing to pay whatever the price is. Yeah. If you wanna follow after me, you you're, you're you're willing to sacrifice all things for me. That's mm-hmm. what that's what that means. You're willing to lay your life down, literally lay your life down for me. And uh, I think some people want to come to Jesus um, for for heaven. They want to come out to Jesus in the church for the community, mm-hmm. but ultimately they're not willing to pay a price. It's like you said. They're like, well, I'll serve on Sunday. I'll give you two hours. But you're right. That's not. There's no. That's not paying a price. There's that's, no, sacrifice, there's in no sacrifice in that. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to give up two hours on a Sunday morning. Um, if it's that. Some it, people yeah, give forty-five it, minutes. Exactly. <laughs> um, and so that's that's not that's not paying a price at all. Um, yeah. You know what? Ultimately, what what has your faith cost you? And um, and and what are you willing to pay? I think that's that's a big question. Is mm-hmm. is, is there? Is there something in your life that you're like, no, I'm not willing to do that. I I'm, you know, if God called me tomorrow to missions, I just don't think that I could pay that. And if that's true, then I think that you might want to evaluate your heart and have you I mean, at what level have you truly surrendered? And I'm not saying that if you you're not a Christian, if you're not going to the sure. mission field, but yeah. but being a Christian means that you you give him all, give it all. Yeah. You 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 give him your entire heart and uh you know, I think that a lot of people today um, they want this comfortable christianity and that's just not real That's not a real christianity there right. it's not when i read the page of scripture i don't see anybody that's super comfortable mm-hmm. you, know, you look at the apostles and they didn't live very comfortable lives right um everybody wants this prosperity gospel of you know jesus will make your life better you yeah. know my marriage is really rocky and i and i'm gonna go to church so that i can <laughs> yeah. so that jesus will fix my marriage well that's mm-hmm. not that's not when I read in scripture, Jesus wants you to give your life to him. Mm -hmm. And that, and and the reward of that is Jesus. Right. Not, not a fixed marriage, not, not money, not, not ease in life. The the reward of that, the gain of that is Christ.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, is it, I guess that's a question, but is it because people view this temporal life as more valuable than what it is? Do you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh you know, Jesus said anybody that's looking to find his life is going to lose it, hmm. right? We we want the life, we want the house, we want the kids, we want um the 401k, we want we want yeah. it all, right? Uh and that's what we pursue. And Jesus says anybody who's looking to keep that life, you're going to lose it. And ultimately, you're not going to find the abundant life that he has to offer. And he says anybody who lays down his life, that's that's the person that's going to find it. Yeah. Um and so when we when we stop pursuing the stuff in life that that is meaningless this the stuff that, that we think that is the thing the stuff that we place so much value in you mm-hmm. know like like i said the house and the car and the family and the the the, the this american dream that we've concocted mm-hmm. that there's no real life in that that's what jesus is saying that the real life is found in ultimate sacrifice to him laying it all on the line for him yeah and it may that may mean that you live in this culture and you have a house and you have a 401k and you I mean that those things aren't bad but if that's what you're living for yeah. then you've missed the point um, that's not life life is found in living on mission for him and and giving him everything you know sacrificing it all putting that like we said last week putting that blank check on the table and saying this is all yours if mm-hmm. if it, if it means you call me to the bush of Africa i'm going to go if it means that you want me to stay right here in Nederland Texas and work at the plant i'm going to do it here and i'm gonna you know be be a ambassador for you at the plant yeah you know that's that's the call of christianity
1: yeah i i think of it like you know if we had that mentality right that this life is passing so fast you know like we just had a baby Mm. and she's two months now but we can already see her growing so fast you know and then i look at my oldest he's 22 Mm. (laughs) you know and it it was just a flash you know like yesterday he was that big he was like my two-month old but you know that's how our life is going to go. It's going to go so fast, mm. and if we look at this life as all there is, and Christians can be deceived, right, we, or quote unquote Christians, right. like we can really put focus on this world and what you know, we're about and everything. It's a daily battle, and then not focus on heavenly things, right? Yeah, because it's a
0: daily battle. That's why Paul talks about it so much. It's a it's a daily struggle.
1: Yeah, seek first the kingdom of God yeah. and His righteousness. What Jesus said, yeah. and and when we don't do that, then that's when we don't witness. That's when we don't do missions. That's when we, right, we don't give yeah. and whatnot because then we focus on everything we want, mm-hmm. really, that satisfies our life. Yeah. And uh, and I one of the things I hate, I really do hate it, is like the live your best life now mm. movement. You know, yeah. like, like, no, this isn't your best life now. If you're going to hell, yes, this is your best life now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't plan on giving your life to Jesus, please live it up because this is the only chance you got. Yeah, but for those who are Christians those those who have surrendered to Jesus Christ this is not your best life. Right, this will probably be your worst life. Yes, because when you sacrifice everything you have for Jesus, it's going to be that. It's going to be a sacrifice. You're right. going to die to yourself. You're not going to have what you want. And at the same time, your reward is so much greater. Like when we talk about our inheritance in Christ, you know, like what is that? Mm. That's beautiful. You know, it's it's like nothing we're ever, we're ever going to be able to experience here on earth. Right, and and that focus is so hard to get right that it's not about here it's not, who cares about here right it's it's about what's after this right yeah and
0: you, you see all through scripture uh, through the through the gospels where jesus is constantly trying to get people to understand that that he is what brings life that he mm. is worthy of of everything and 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 he is um worth everything you know we 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 look at this life and we see value in it we we see value in living in the culture that we live in and and Christ is infinitely more valuable than that right like yeah. everything else fades away if you lose your house you lose your car you lose you know your kids and and, and everything's gone is Christ still enough hmm. because if that's that's what scripture teaches is that Christ is enough by himself right. if he's the riches then and then that's our focus then then we're going to live our lives with that focus and live our lives for for heaven right that's mm-hmm. that's going to be our focus is because heaven is valuable because we get to live with him yeah right heaven's not valuable because there's streets of gold and no. there's you know we're we're going to have a w- <laughs> You know, get to eat whatever. We, you know, I I love having those conversations with people. They're Like, man, when I get to heaven, I'm all, we're gonna eat steak every day. You know, like that <laughs> kind of stuff. You know, yeah. like that's not what heaven's about. Heaven's <laughs> about the glory of God. The being be there, being yeah. in the presence of the uh, of God and being able to experience His glory in the fullness of His glory. That mm. that's that's what heaven's about. And and that's if you look at that, and you're like, man, that sounds kind of lame. <laughs> like you miss it. You don't <laughs> yeah. you don't understand. You don't understand because. Um, Jesus is is worth all of this. Mm-hmm. He's and, and if you look at the apostles' life, obviously they believe that because right. they 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 paid the ultimate price. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like we have this really weak Christianity today. Where how many people are willing to to do that? Yeah. I mean, look at the early church. It wasn't just it wasn't just the apostles that, no. that died for their faith. I mean, there's hundreds thousands of people that that paid that same price. Yeah. Um, there were horrible things happening to Christians okay. for, for a long period of time. It wasn't like, well, they just endured it for, you know, 10 years or whatever. And it was no. a long time where they endured some horrific things. Yeah. And, and yet they still paid the price because to them, Christ was worth it. Sure. And man, if that happened today, how many people do you think would be weeded out? Yeah. You know, like there's just not a lot of people today that are that, that, are that,
1: that level of, you know, committed. Yeah, devoted to the mission. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that on Sunday. But, um, yeah. That I think this series really helped focus on, you know, as fellowship moving forward. Here's what we're about. Here's what we're gonna be about. Mm. And this is all we're gonna talk about until we accomplish some of those goals that we're talking about, right?
0: Yeah, to accomplish the goals to plan a church in Port Arthur. Yeah, we've we've got a long ways to go. Right, and. and You know, I didn't say the Sunday, but the goal is to do that in five years. Mm -hmm. And so um, we've got a long way to go to get there. But I believe that God is moving us in that direction. And my prayer is that he's stirring
1: uh, all of our hearts towards that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, if you haven't heard yet, um, we're having a Passion Week here at Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And I really want to plug this hard because what we're going to be doing uh, three weeks leading up to Passion Week, which starts on Palm Sunday, is we're going to be uh, scouring the neighborhood with these cards. If you're watching on Facebook, um, we have these cards, uh, and it says you're invited. It says Passion Week at Fellowship, and it'll take you straight to a website. Uh, if you're listening and not watching, it's fellowshiptx.org/passion. And uh, and what we're, we've got five thousand of these cards, mm-hmm. and what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna uh, every Saturday, three Saturdays before Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. we're gonna split up split up in teams. We're gonna door to go door. We're gonna hand these cards out personally to somebody. Um, I I think there's gonna be a moment where we pray over these cards at one point. And uh, if you want to give some to your friends, your family members, whoever, um, we're bringing the focus of Easter back to what it, what it should be. Right. It's not about bunnies and you know, whatever chocolate and egg hunting. Right, right, Right. Right. Um, but it's about the fact that Jesus gave up his all to then, uh, give us that reward that we've just been talking about.
0: Yeah, we felt like it was uh, important for us to focus ourselves more than just the one Sunday Easter where everybody's dressed and looked pretty and <laughs> you know, yeah. get their Easter basket that morning. Let's, let's, let's spend a, a full week really focusing our hearts and our minds on, on what this is all about. And so we wanted to really invest uh, some time and energy in, in you know, making, uh, making this a, a,
1: a real priority so tell us what that'll look like starting palm sunday on to uh easter sunday
0: yeah so palm sunday uh we're gonna do a little throwback to parking lot church Uh, (laughs) when we were having parking lot church and it ended everybody was like man i kind of really enjoyed that That so we thought we'd celebrate that uh it's been about a year since we were doing that and so uh Palm Sunday, we'll have parking lot service uh outside and then immediately we won't have any growth groups that day. We'll just have the parking lot service, one service at 10 30. Immediately after that, we'll go outside. Uh we'll, we'll already be outside. Uh we'll have some, we'll have dinner on the grounds and uh we'll have bounce houses set up for the kids. It's kind of a family day where we'll hang out and have a good time. Uh but the food we're gonna be uh selling food, uh some links and chips and drinks, and all the proceeds from that will go to help kids send kids and students to camp this summer. Uh so it'll be kind of a little fundraiser. We'll have links for $2, chips for a dollar, drinks for a dollar, uh, And so you'll be able to, as soon as the service is over, get in line, get your food, and then we'll just have a good time hanging out. So that'll be Palm Sunday. Then Monday and Tuesday, we'll uh, be watching our Facebook page. What we're going to do is just post kind of a quick uh, devotional thought. Uh, one night will be from me, one night will be from you. Uh, that'll be Monday and Tuesday. Well, then Wednesday, we'll have a communion night. We'll kind of focus ourselves on that sacrifice that was paid take communion as a church we'll have child care uh, like normal on wednesday nights but all the adults will be together and students together in the worship uh in the auditorium and we'll uh, take communion then thursday uh we're gonna have a great time we haven't had a night of worship in a while yeah uh, but yeah, i'm pretty a couple yeah, of years but i'm pretty excited we're gonna bring uh, bring that back and so we'll have a night of worship on that thursday uh we'll have child care there for pre- uh, preschool and down mm-hmm. and so if your k through fifth graders can come in and, and, and sing with us and have a good time. Uh, So that'll be at six o'clock on that Thursday night. And then Friday night is going to be something kind of interesting. It'll start at six. We'll have childcare all the way up through fifth grade. And uh, we're going to spend some time really focusing on the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to spend some time, uh, you know, spend some time in prayer, uh, spend some time studying uh, the crucifixion and, uh, some of the songs that we'll sing we won't really sing the the good news part we'll just kind of <laughs> stop with the with the crucifixion part we really want to focus ourselves on the price that was paid yeah uh, and, and really remember that mm-hmm. you know all through the Old Testament and even in the New Testament you see where God has this emphasis on remembering uh, yeah. and so we want to remember, uh, and, and really put an emphasis on that night on remembering the price that was paid. And then come Easter, we'll have this huge celebration. We've got a lot of really awesome stuff planned for that service. And so, uh, again, we won't have growth groups that week. It'll just be 1030. We'll have a good time uh, worshiping together. We'll have a family photo booth, kind of like we did for the Christmas uh, thing. We'll have that little iPad thing set up, and you'll be able to take pictures with your family. Uh, on that day and uh, we'll just be a, uh, an awesome week really focusing uh, on uh, what what Christ did for us and uh, with the with the flyer thing we need your help passing those out so be help yeah. us out with those Saturdays uh, come uh, be a part of that and it's one of those opportunities like I talked about Sunday this is a real opportunity where you get to go actually have mm-hmm. conversations with people hopefully you know you get to knock on the door and invite them and talk to them about uh, Christ and maybe yeah. a door be open to share share the gospel
1: yeah that's the that's the biggest thing with this whole card thing right like yeah We get there's going to be a full house on Easter because every year there always is. Yeah. But if we have something that can lead to conversation, that we can hand somebody Mm. and explain to them, you know, maybe that'll spark up an interest in them as to why we're doing this. Yeah. That's the most important part. Yeah.
0: That's why we're going to be praying over the cards. We're going to pray that God will give us opportunities to share the gospel as we're passing them out. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, that's, you know, that's going to be a jam-packed week, and we want everybody – everybody to invite somebody and to really come in and to be ready for that week to give, give it your all, Yeah. make it to every service, you know, come and get your heart right for that Easter Sunday. And I, I genuinely believe that if we, if we get our hearts right about the resurrection, then the rest of the year, who knows what that'll look like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You start the year off with that level of focus on the resurrection because that's, that's what this is all about. Right. right. None of this uh, matters as Paul says, right. Without the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it really focuses us on the things that matter and, and hopefully uh, pull us away from the culture of all the Eastery stuff that we normally do and really set our hearts and minds on, on what really matters Absolutely. during this holiday.
1: Yep. All right, guys, well, that's all we got for you today. Um, we tune in next week. We'll be here tomorrow for our equipped classes. And then yep. on Sunday, uh, again, growth groups at nine 30 worship at 10 30. will See you then. See you then. Thank you so much for listening, and we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.